a correction to the You Can't Beat Jack game, which you heard last episode of the podcast. It affects the score, but the outcome? Find out in segment three. Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. My name's Don and I'm Caddy's wife. I um, accidentally dialed 911 last night and I don't even know how. I mean, well, actually, I do know how. Well, explain because I don't know how. Okay. My love, as we've talked about before, for Morgan Wallen. So I'm driving home last night and I'm listening to Morgan Wallen and I'm, I'm hands free. I want to be real clear on that, but I'm trying to. The only thing I was trying to do was sometimes when you're listening on Bluetooth, and I don't really understand all this, like you have to turn the volume up on your phone to like, I don't know, like I didn't have it on Bluetooth audio or something. So anyways, I was pushing what I thought was the volume up button, okay? And I was pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And actually, if you push the other side of your phone, the big button, I guess it's like an emergency call. And if you push it over and over again, you know, if you're in distress or something. Right. So it said, I look down all of a sudden and I'm like, oh my God. And it says that it's dialing. It's like 10, it has this clock on it. 10, nine, eight. And it's saying it's going to dial on my emergency contacts, which you are something and he's not going to pick up. And then like Olivia and Charlotte. Wow. It, it's early in, the, it's early in the episode. Well, you're just not great at picking up. It's not, it doesn't okay. make you a bad person. But, and then the girls, it was going to call them. But, and then it started dialing 911. And I'm like. But you were at home when you said, I have a voicemail. So the from person had called me back. So I, I just like X'd out of everything and I'm like, oh my, oh my. And then I was thinking, I'm really going to have to call 911 because I'm going to run off the road trying to get this off my phone. And then I'm really going to need them. And then am I going to be like the little girl who cried wolf and they're not going to come because I pushed it too many times and now I'm really off the road. But was there follow up? No, I didn't call them back. Right. But did they call you though? No. Okay. And they didn't show up. What they said was, and it wasn't like from 911, it was from like this normal area code. And it was this woman who seemed very like unenthusiastic, by the way. She was like, hello, this call is for you. If you, like whoever you are, if you accidentally dialed 911 and you need us. Call back. Yes. Please call us back and let us know if you are in danger. I'm like, what? See, I thought it was that they call back from 911. And if you don't answer, then they show up. Well, they didn't. And as a member, think. as a member of the law enforcement community, I'll get to the bottom of this one for you. But I was very casual about it when I told you. Yes. And the interesting part was I was in, like, so we have two cities here where we are, where we live in North Fulton, Alpharetta and Milton. And I was in, Alpha, I guess I was in Milton, but it was Alpharetta, maybe because the call started when I was in Alpharetta. Here's what happened. We share the same operators. Oh. Same dispatch people. Well, this woman did not seem very interested. In I her. think she was a temporary. I think she knew. I think she was like, this woman. That's probably her sole job. Is to is ferret to, out yep, the people yep, who don't know what call buttons. Call everybody back. What buttons are pushing. But did you even know you could do that? No, I didn't. And like, it was like a big game clock came up, like on Wheel of Fortune, like 10, nine. But why would it count down? Maybe you need 911 in that 10 seconds. This was like from Apple, like on my iPhone, like it's going to start dialing all my contacts. I don't think it was necessarily counting down to call 911, Okay, but it was like emergency, emergency. That damn Morgan Wallen, I swear to gosh. Trouble. Trouble. All right. What are you going to add to the Spotify Hype Song playlist? I am going to add um, a song from uh, Miranda Lambert and Keith Urban, and it is when we were, what is it? <laughs> 
your song that you're adding? Yes, we were young. I, w- I can't remember if it was, because I was thinking of Adele, like when we were young, but it's we were young. And it was the, um, it was a duo that they did, and it was on, a duet that they did, and it was on his album, Fuse. Um, and here's what I love about the song. And I started kind of looking into this last night because I couldn't remember if it was on Keith's album or on Miranda's album. It was actually on Keith's album, Fuse. And a couple of things. When the song came out, a Kicks listener got to sing. When Keith Urban came to Atlanta, when you were on the radio at your former radio station, mm-hmm. a listener got to come on and do Miranda's part with Keith. Do you remember? Yeah. You brought this up. I do not. Yeah. I don't. It's kind of like you you got to give away that slot. And she, I remember we were there and she killed it. She did a great job with the song. But one of the writers of the song is um, Nicole Gallion. And she, I follow her on Instagram. She's a female songwriter. She's amazing. Amazing. She has written, um, she wrote Gone for Dirks, Tequila for Dan and Shay, All the Pretty Girls for Kenny. And she's married to Rodney Clawson, who has written for everybody and then it's kind of like they're a dynasty this is fascinating so she's i mean like these are just three of the songs she's written she's written so much music it's unbelievable and um then he's written all of these things and then his son brad from a previous marriage has is a songwriter too and like he's part of this new you know group of songwriters he's written up down for florida george line so they're like a songwriting dynasty family imagine the checks coming to those mailboxes you missed the title oh shoot yeah it's uh we were us. We were us. Yes. Okay, we were us. Keith Urban, Randall Lambert. Yes. All right. I'm going to add a little Zach Brown band. Oh, I love that. Okay. Keep Me In Mind Oh, that's a good is one. my selection this week on the Spotify Hypes on Playlist. Let's flash back to last week. Remember we were talking about me yielding to uh, Melissa and Strawberry Wine, Dina Carter was a song that I put up? Yes. And we were talking about the fact that when they started dating, uh, her husband was 30 or her now husband was 30, and she was 19. And so we said, you know what? That's uh, we need details. What do the parents think about mm-hmm. that? What's the backstory? So Melissa, who is a huge pot peep, she's a super spreader. Love her. Heard us talking about that. Shot me an email. Uh, turns out they worked together at Kroger. Mm-mm. Okay, That's where it all started. On the milk aisle. She was a night cashier, and uh, she worked with Brent, who is now her husband. And so they had a policy at Kroger that you had to be escorted. If you were a single woman or a woman, you had to be escorted out after dark. Oh, that's nice. And I'm sure that's still in play today. So they started, uh, you know, hanging out and walking to and from the car. And Mm -hmm. so one night, Brent pops in to Kroger when Melissa's working. He's on his way to what she says is an adult entertainment facility. What? This story just gets better and better. In quotes here in the email. Okay. It was close to the end of her shift, so she said that uh, she asked him where he was going, and he told her, and she said, uh, listen, would you rather go with me to the Waffle House instead? And he said, yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and the rest is history. There hasn't been 24 hours between us where we haven't at least seen each other. This makes uh, year 25 together, 23 married. How about that? Unbelievable. Now, the parents. Oh, here we go. She writes, as far as my parents, a few days after we officially considered ourselves a couple, I asked my dad what he thought about me dating a 30-year-old man. Now think about that for a minute. Mm. She's 19. Mm. His response, quote, there's no way in hell you're dating a 30-year-old anything. So she said that she waited a few weeks after Thanksgiving to tell him. March 97, they moved into an apartment together, engaged in April, married July 98. So there you have it. 
I love that. What a great story. Such a great story. And you know what? We know this. I mean, there's seven years age difference in between us. And I think sometimes at the time, like what you hear, like as a parent, like thinking about this, like Olivia is going to be 18 mm. in July. Like if she came to us at 18 and said, I'm going to date a 29 year old, I'd be like, no way. And you as well. But, you know, stories have a way of just like working out. And so that's great for them. But I'm telling you what, it always starts. We met at work. Mm-hmm. You know, it starts with that little flirt. Here's what I love about old Brent is there's a lot of men where if somebody said to them, how about going with me instead of going to the adult entertainment place? Right. How about going with me to the Waffle House? They, he'd be, they'd be like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Melissa writes, age is just a number. Compatibility and personality is what counts. We know y'all understand that. She's referring to us because we do, Donna. I love that. That gives we a new do. meeting to Smothered and Covered. There you go. Mm-hmm. Scattered and scattered. Melissa, thank you for uh, listening and thank you for reaching back out. We're going to travel to Gainesville. We cannot wait to visit with you. Donna and myself both going to be at Gallery Furniture in Gainesville Saturday, February 13th. It is the red, white, and blue, huge, all-American parking lot party, parking lot sale event. Come on out. Going to have food trucks. Going to have great prices on furniture. And it doesn't matter what kind of furniture you're looking for. Maybe it's a king-size bed for your master bedroom. Maybe it's a sofa for your living room, a dining room table, gallery furniture, a 16,000 square foot showroom and warehouse. And we're going to move a lot of the stuff out into the parking lot. And Donna and and Donna's daughter, Marilyn, they're going to slash prices so that you can get exactly what you want at the price that you want. They also offer financing. It's going to be Saturday, February 13th. Come on out noon to four is when we're going to be there. Gallery Furniture, 1600 Browns Bridge Road, Gainesville. Ask for the Wolfman.com. Morgan Wallen strikes again. Ran me off the road. Here where, we go. Where, where's the music coming from? He is now spending a third week at number one on the country album chart. The first time since Taylor did it with Red in 2012. So how many years? Eight? Yeah, eight years. And he just dropped, what, three songs, I think it is? Three new songs. Out of nowhere. Available on all streaming services. Have you listened to him? I've not. Haven't listened to him yet. All right. This side of a dust cloud, Band-Aid on a bullet hole, and uh, he does a, a live acoustic, uh, like piano keys version of Sand in My Boots, which is my favorite song. Yeah, it's going to be good. On the entire thing. Just came out of nowhere. Miranda Lambert went to Asheville. I think this happened the same weekend we were there. Mm-hmm. Went to Asheville, never been before. She and her husband bought this huge 2020 Airstream Globe Trotter RV. All right. And they're going to travel all across America. They start in Asheville, go to the Biltmore House, stay at the KOA. This was weekend prior to last. And uh, the KOA campground. Yeah. Can you imagine this thing pulling in? Is a 100,000? I Googled it because I was curious. You know, what does that cost? That's like a house on wheels. What does an Airstream Globe Trotter cost? $100,000 is the price tag. I wonder if it's pink. No, I saw it. Oh, okay. It's beautiful. Uh, but they went to Biltmore. They went to, uh, you know, drinking craft beer in Asheville, doing all the things that you do when you're there. And they call it the Sheriff. That's the name of the Airstream. I'm going to tell you something. If I saw him in line at the Biltmore, I'd do a double take. Who, Brendan? Oh, yeah. Well, tell tell the story about where he came from. Well, he was a policeman for the NYPD. And I think, I don't know, I don't want to get this wrong because, boy, I've been getting a lot of stuff wrong lately. But I think they met like when he was doing security for yeah. Good Morning America or something when she performed. Right. 
And I guess they just gave each other a look. And it stuck. Kind of like old Brent Melissa, the Kroger all. I mean, no just, just one look and here you go. And it stuck. And he ended up quitting his job at the NYPD because he couldn't do it anymore. He was so besieged by like her fans and stuff. He's a good looking man. I mean, like, you know, you see him trotting around like the, the grounds of the Biltmore. You'd be like, let's go this way. Or the KOA mm. with a shirt off. Building oh, fire. my gosh. Washing his clothes like on a washboard or something at the KOA. Where would we go if we had a $100,000 Airstream Globetrotter? Uh, Where not, would we go? Not the KOA. I okay. guarantee you that. Can you imagine people when they pull up in that, though? Like the people that are in pump tents and, and like have, uh, you know, like fifth wheels or whatever they're called. Yeah. And here comes a $100,000 RV. Backing in. And those two get out. You'd be like, there's somebody. Well, come on. It'd have to be somebody, right? Yeah. So are you surprised this is her first trip to Asheville? Um, it's a great music city. Yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah. I was. Yeah. And she loves animals. And we've talked about Asheville's like a hippie trippy yeah. dog city. So I'm sure they had a good time. All right. The vaccine stories have a couple of them here. There's a story you may have seen that in Seattle, I think it was, there were like 1,600 doses of the COVID vaccination, the vaccine, and they were going to go bad, but the refrigerators went out, so they're going to go bad. So they put out an all-call in Seattle, and like within 12 hours, they give 1,600 doses of the vaccine to people who basically just showed up. Yeah, that's the power of social media, too. That just shows you that that's the quickest way to get that the word out. I mean, imagine. I mean, it would have been terrible if those had gone unused when there's so many people that need them. So that's great. Another story from Oregon is about a blizzard. There was a healthcare workers were going somewhere to set up to, to get the vaccine to people. They become stranded in snow and the vaccines are going to go bad. So there's traffic for miles. They get out of their vehicles and grab the vaccine and go from car to car offering to shoot people up with the vaccine. I would have a few questions. I've got questions. ID, please. Yes. How do we know that this is actually the COVID vaccination? Right. Or vaccine. And not just Kool-Aid and a shot. Something, you yeah. know. Um, do do we have the proper setup? Do we have like juice and cookies and, and crackers? I don't think they give you that. Like after you shot. get blood, you don't get But that? you're not giving blood. You're getting a shot. But my question would be like, is it sanitary? Are they like licensed to do this? Like who? I don't know. I would. I would definitely have some questions. But I gotta tell you something. I'd put my arm out and get it. I would you that do that? Would, oh yeah. In the middle of a snowstorm. Why not? Okay. What else do you have to do? I told you we were stuck in traffic. A traffic jam out of nowhere on two eighty five at seven fifteen on Saturday night. We were coming back from somewhere, and I, I said to you, like, get the shots out. I mean, we were we could literally see Northside Hospital. But they don't have them. Well, That's just but if it. they have them, get them out of a closet and get them down there. Start shooting people up. I'm ready. How many times have you said, or has someone in your circle said, you know what? Chick-fil-A ought to be running the either the, the, the testing cues or now the vaccination cues. Because why? They're efficient. I've been saying it forever. Guess what happened outside of Charleston, South Carolina? They did it. Chick-fil-A general manager steps up after hundreds are in line and they it's just a mess so he realizes that there's only one person doing registration now let's stop right there for a moment would it take someone i mean why wouldn't they know that one person doing registration is not going to uh be efficient right i don't know but i think you know we we jokingly and i've said it 
on this podcast that Chick-fil-A should be in charge of it. We jokingly have talked about that. But I think that there are people like this or even seriously, like you think of the women that run carpool. They can do it too. If you're not used to running with efficiency, any sort of line or where people queue up, I don't think you get it. But I mean, there is no one better than Chick-fil-A. And you know, my favorite thing at Chick-fil-A is, is that you no longer, and, and this has just happened in such short order. And probably a lot of it came out from the pandemic because you're not, there's so many more people going through the drive-thru. You don't even order for yourself anymore. Like eventually, that's just going to be a menu board, which it basically is now with no connection for you to order. And and if you have you if you're ever these people that refuse to move with the worker, like they stay on their break, right, right. you got to move right. with the worker. And you'll hear them say to people, especially the older people, "Can you move up?" And people are like mmm, that aren't used to that, you know. But you got to move because they've got those iPads. Well, and they now come up to your vehicle without a menu at all. That that's how trained we are to know your order at Chick-fil-A. It's a lot of questions though. I will say on the the Chick-fil-A thing, like sometimes when you just don't want to talk to anybody and you're like, oh, you know, I love them. But it's like, first you got to give them your name. Then you got to give them your order. And then what sauces do you want? And are you using your app? Can you open your app? What what if I don't want to use my app? And then the Wi-Fi never works. And so they can't figure out, like, if you've loaded money on your app, how much money's on your app? Can you refresh your Wi-Fi? It's like, oh, Lord, I just want a number one with a sweet tea. But if those those are the, the, the bigger struggles you have during the day, right? Yeah, but then I'm, I'm think fine. things are okay. No, I'm fine. Right. Yes, these are all some minor things. And it's clearly working because they get out there and this man, old Mayor Haney, called him and said, get out here. We need you, Jerry. And Jerry stepped up and saved the day. Great Gosh, story. Love it. God's chicken, Atlanta-based Chick-fil-A. The Lord's chicken. Do we know anything as we sit here on uh, today on Tuesday about Puxatani Phil in the, in the shadow? Well, today, if you're listening on Upload Day, yesterday was Groundhog Day. Right? End of the first? Tuesday. No, it's, uh, I think he comes out on Tuesday, today. Well, how would we know that, though? Well, I'm just today, wondering. Today's Monday. Well, I know, but for, here's my question about Puxatani Phil. Yeah. Is he a beaver? No, he's a groundhog. Oh. Did you go to elementary school? Aren't a groundhog and a beaver basically the same, just with different teeth? I don't know. All right. Well, anyway. We have a junior in high school. Olivia is her name. And she gets more mail than I did in my Valentine's Day mailbox in sixth grade right now. Oh, remember the little mailbox you used to carry around and people put Valentine's in them? And back then, <laughs> back then the mamas were not smart enough to think because we were not inclusive back in like the 70s and right. stuff. And so you didn't give Valentine's to everybody. And so like some people's little boxes would be full of Valentine's. And some, and some would be empty. So mean. Yeah. Like nowadays you have to, you know, remember you have to give one to every single child on that list. Check it twice. I bet you got all of them though. All the boys. Well, Donna. sometimes. Yeah. Donna. All right. So Olivia is getting, how many would you say a week? Letters from colleges and universities. It's crazy. I mean, it's a lot. It is a lot. And it, it's not, I want to be real clear. This is, these are not offer. Well, some of them actually could be, I guess. But they're, it's not like. It's not like she's decided on these schools, but they're just schools who have already taken note of her. She's taken a, uh, the PSAT and she's taken the ACT and her, her grades are strong. So they've, they've taken note of it. And so they send her letters and, you know, it's they're all trying to pitch themselves on why they are the right place for her to go to college. There's one university that is so confident 
that Olivia is going to choose them and going to go there, that they have already given her an official university email address. Now, it's probably... They do that for everybody or something. I'm yeah. sure. But it's still... You know, we didn't have this. No. When I was in high school. No. I didn't get anything from the local community college. I much. didn't either. I went to Western Carolina University in Cullowhee. I didn't even get anything from Western Carolina. I know. You're like, are you sure? Can I come? Like, you're asking them. No kidding. And yeah. back then, anybody could get into Western, but I even kind of struggled a little But it bit. was the same with the University of Georgia. I was thinking about it. I didn't get anything. And now, you know how everything is done digitally, and they when University of Georgia and Tech and all these places send out their, um, you know, letters, that you acceptance letters, it's all done digitally. And they're literally dropped at the same time. And then they open them up, and it says, you've been accepted, or you've been deferred, or you've been whatever. I was thinking about this the other day. I got a huge envelope in the mail from the University of Georgia. And I had to crack it open and see. And I was like, oh, Lord, praise the so Lord. So you didn't know going in? No. If it was a deferment? A, a yes or, or a no. Well, there was okay. no deferment back then. Okay. It was just yes or no. And and we were talking about this. Like, my mom and dad, there was no, like, now we have this thing called Naviance where you have to log in and check all their GPAs and follow along with their curriculum and their rigor and how many APs. And I've I've talked to parents who have spreadsheets. Excel spreadsheets because certain universities only take certain classes and then other universities require, you know, three years of foreign language versus two. And so they have to have a spreadsheet to make sure that everything's matching up. We didn't have that. I don't even think my mom and dad knew where I was applying to. Can you imagine the lack of interest that our parents had in our higher education? The money spent also on these direct mail pieces and, you know, this isn't email stuff. I mean, this is in the the U.S. Glossy. Postal Service. Yeah, glossy books. Beautiful presentation. Oh, yes. You know, and she's getting a handful of these a week from yes. different colleges and universities. Expensive colleges and universities. Right. Yes. M- many, if not most, out of state, as a matter of fact. Many, many. Yeah. Private. Look like Hogwarts. Very expensive. Got us to thinking, though, about our parents when we were kids and we were growing up. And about how, let's take this past weekend, for instance. Charlotte, our 14-year-old, had a birthday party. Yes. Then a spend-the-night party. Then a picnic. Then a picnic. Olivia's 17, so she, you know, she, she kind of... She was going to do... But she was going to do something with Jack, and I do like to check in on her. And, you know, again, you're following them on your follow apps, like Life360. You're texting them. The amount of texting that I do just on a daily basis, hourly basis with the kids. Before we sat down in here, I texted Olivia, are you up? Everything good? Like, Because I didn't see her, so I like to hear from them. Charlotte will text me from school when I don't know why she's not in school, telling me, she texted me this morning that it's Harry Styles' birthday, in case y'all are all wondering. Mom, you should post something about that. What did our parents do? What did they do? Without texting and without cell phones and things like that. And you brought up Six Flags as oh, an example. My mom was always, oh, Harriet was always the pickup mom. And you didn't want But how to, would you know where to go to get picked I up? I have no clue. What if Harriet got stuck in traffic? No clue. No clue. God forbid. What if she'd had, thank God she didn't, but what if she'd had an accident? What if like she couldn't get in? There was no way. And when I say no way, it wasn't like we had a cell phone, but you just really couldn't use it. We didn't have cell phones. Here's another one. What if I ran out of money while I was at Six Flags? There were no ATMs. I do not. I, the first ATM, this is going to show how old I am, that I remember even coming into contact with was when I went to the University of Georgia. And it wasn't on campus because my mom and dad had like a credit union one. 
So I would have to drive, are you ready for this? To Snellville. To Snellville, where everyone is someone. Which is how far? I don't know. 30, 45 minutes? From Athens. From campus. Yeah. And I I mean, I was going a lot. But now you can download, what does is, what is Charlotte have? The, Venmo. The, the, and you, you had it as an appy, the, the, we call it the Green Rabbit oh, card. Oh, Green or Light, Green Light yeah. card. Well, just everything. I mean, they have bank accounts. They have, there's instant transfer. There's Venmo. There's, but I mean, I was thinking about that. Like, what if I got to Six Flags and I just ran out of money? Guess what? I didn't have any more money. I couldn't buy any more crap. Now they'll call you or text you. Can you Venmo me some more money? I found a sweatshirt I want. Seriously. But how did we do it? I don't know. It's like when I was going to pick up Charlotte Sunday after the sleepover, I would 10 minutes out, Charlotte, because I, I don't want to sit there. I'm ready to go, you know, and, and I bet the parents, yeah. well, the parents are uh, yeah. uh, the, the hosted are probably also ready for the kids to go as well. 10 minutes out. Let's be ready to go. Five minutes out. Let's be ready to go here, period. You know? Well, and think I told you, I said last week I wasn't parked in my normal spot for tennis pickup at five o'clock. And it's 5.02, and I'm getting pinged from Charlotte. Where are you? I said, I'm over. I told her where I was. And she's like, you're not near, you know, the Patriot Park where you normally are. I mean, it's like, can you imagine? It's 5.02. Again, me and six of my friends are stumbling out of Six Flags, probably have drank some Boone's Farm along the way, looking for Harriet. The only way I could find my mom. What'd she drive? Like a Impala, a blue Impala. With an eight-track cassette player in yep. it. And here's the thing. The only way I could find her, she had red hair. So she'd usually be standing outside of her car and, like, waving at us, you know. Hey, everybody. Meanwhile, we're stumbling out. Sideways on Boone's Farm. Yeah, because Six Flags. we love going Donna. to Six Flags. Because that's where you would, like, kiss the boys was on the log ride. Mm. You go, or the Monster Plantation, because you go through the dark areas, you know. Mm. You'd know. I mean, I don't know that, but yeah, I watched everybody yeah. else kiss people. Much easier today to coordinate with your kids but there's also so much more that can get the kids in trouble you know yeah. so good thing for sure we are excited to announce during this episode that we have a new partner for the my second act podcast and this is going to give you flexibility and it's going to give you personality with the vehicle that you choose to drive it's the hertz my car subscription program and Donna, you've been a part of this program for seven months now. I love it. Yes. And so here's the way it works. If you are right now in the market for a car, say a new car or a used car, you're finding because of the pandemic, it is incredibly hard right now to find inventory. And when you find the inventory, everyone has been talking about how expensive right now used cars are. And they don't have as low a mileage as, as you're probably used to getting for the amount of money you're getting. So the way the Hertz My Car subscription program works is you pay a one-time startup fee, and then you pay a monthly subscription fee. There are different subscription tiers. There are three different tiers. You can start the program at just $5.99 per month. Here's what's included in the $5.99. You get a car of your choice at that tier. You get maintenance. If anything happens to this car, which things happen, you know, you your tire, you get a blown tire, something, you know, if something comes up, it needs service. They're going to either fix it for you or flip you into another car. It also includes liability protection insurance and roadside assistance. So when included in that $599 for what you would normally pay a car payment for, you're getting a car of your choice, free maintenance, and insurance. And the great part about it is you can switch cars. So say your main car that you are in in the subscription program is 
a four-door sedan. And for whatever reason, you want to take out a different car. Maybe you need a minivan. Or you, or you get a wild hair. You want a, 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 Jeep, a sporty a coupe. Coup. And that's why yes. I said personality. Because yes. you can you can choose from, from different vehicles, whether it's a, a sedan or a truck or a spring brakes coming up. Get a Jeep. So if you spring break, if you need a minivan or something, yes. to go on spring break, then you can you can flip up to twice a month with the Hertz My Car subscription program. Yes, it's amazing. And and the great thing about it is you always have reliable transportation, which is so important. You know, there's nothing worse than worrying about how are you going to get to work, how are you going to pick up from carpool, if something happens to your car, you're you know you're out of of commission, and then you've got to go and rent a car, and that's expensive. And then you also have the unknown of car maintenance, you know, and what it's going to cost. You t- you know, you're hearing like a rumbling in your car, and you take it in, and you're like, is this going to be a $50 problem or a $5,000 problem? I get what people say about subscription car programs. I don't own my car. I understand that. But here's the thing. By the time you own your car in today's society, by the time you pay it off when you're on one of those long-term loans, your car is really not worth a lot of money. And you also have to look at all the money that you've put into insurance and maintenance along the way. Hertz.com. Hertz.com slash my car. And you can get all the details there. You can also reach out to us and we will tell you all about the program. We are believers in this program. We use this program. Reach out to us. We'll answer any questions that you have. If you want to get more information, you can go to Hertz.com slash my car. Offering the ultimate transportation flexibility is just one more way. Hertz goes the extra mile for you. And you can pick up at over 2,000 convenient Hertz U.S. corporate neighborhood or airport locations nationwide. Dinner Affair. $30 off your first order. Caddy Reset 2021 is the promo code. Start February off right. January, maybe you get a pass. Maybe you were still eating out. We were guilty of that. Yep, a little bit guilty. Yep. You know, we said we were going to trim it after the holidays, and we didn't do a good job really with trimming it. So in February, we are in. And we had an amazing dinner fair meal yes. last night. It was a um, encrusted pork loin, and it was so good. And I'll give you an example with this meal we had last night. We made one side. We prepared one side, rice. That was it. Not very exciting, but the food was amazing. And the point to this is dinner took us less than 30 minutes to get on the table. And it was two bags. It was the uh, the rub, if you will. And then it was the, the protein, each in an, their own Ziploc bag. And then you combine them, put it in the oven. Uh, I think it was 45 minutes at 350, and you're, you're done. It was amazing. One, two, three easy steps to get dinner on the table. $30 off your first order. Caddy Reset 2021 is the promo code at dinneraffair.com. Dinneraffair.com. Where were you, Donna, when you first started seeing the news about what was going on on wall street oh i think i was i don't know i think i was at work but i just i was like what is this like has gamestop released a new game it is you know i mean you talk about in this particular example with gamestop a company that's kind of been like asleep right because the gaming industry and we we've even said this before i used to be at gamestop as much as i was getting gas like as much as I'm at Quick Trip, because every time a game was released, these kids had me there and you had to pay $5 to reserve your game and all of this good stuff. But you haven't heard about them. Well, because now all the games are online. Yes, the kids you download, download everything. So I first caught wind of what was going on on TikTok. And I've, I've said before, and I'll say it again, TikTok is a great news source for me. I think that, that you know Twitter's great, Instagram, Facebook, but TikTok, you can get... Uh, 
you know, and I, I use the Nashville Christmas Day bombing as an example of where you got video, some of the best video that you saw from these uh, business owners and from these ring cameras and things like that. It's like on the spot reporting. So what we have here is is it's like a David versus Goliath story. And I think that GameStop was trading like at four bucks a share if or even. something. Yeah. Uh, maybe a month ago and like a 1500% increase uh, through the month. So we're going to pull in Carl, executive producer of the podcast. And Carl is going to walk us through this because while I'm seeing it in the headlines, I have no idea what happened. Yeah. I don't think, I think a lot of people don't understand like short selling and what that means and, and how it affects you. And, and like we have stocks, people have stocks, but you have someone who takes care of them for you. So you really don't understand if you're not one of these kids day trading and doing all this and that's what it is too right is basically the day traders for games for what's happening with gamestop it is uh driven by day traders okay. called like retail traders so and we're gonna, the, we're gonna go to school with carl yeah and the new day traders are these young kids i mean it's it's used to be like a group of older people but i think there's so many young day traders right i saw one where in between in between doing his like high school zoom calls he's Day trading. So the big one, and you've, if you've heard a lot about GameStop, you've heard about Robinhood. Yes. yes. So Robinhood sort of started all of these. They're called like retail traders or or kind of the, I wouldn't necessarily say day traders because it's not necessarily trading every day, but like retail everyday people. Robinhood um, is basically an app. It's like mobile first. And the idea is you can trade. Um, part of it is trading on margin, which I won't really get into. But point is, it's they were free transactions. So before everything, like whenever you traded apps, you know, it, it, there was always like a $10 fee. So every time you bought any amount of stocks for any amount of money, it was $10. Or if you, anytime you sold any amount of stocks for any amount of money, it was $10. Um, Robinhood came in and they started letting people do um, transactions for free, which now in 2019, every single brokerage followed the, the Robinhood method because they were taking so much business. Um, so like I use E-Trade, uh, and E-Trade was historically, it was always $10 or, or $7, depending on like what kind of account you had. But now E-Trade, it's all for free. So they set the industry, industry standard. So they, they kind of set it. Um, and then to explain GameStop, talk a little bit about like shorts so or, or options trading. So normally um, you buy GameStop for, you know, you buy a share of GameStop for, you know, $10. And, you know, in a year, if it's, you know, selling for $100, you can sell the share and make 90 bucks, right? right. So that's just like straight, you're buying the share. Um, I'm gonna write on here that options. Carl's like a teacher. I love this. They equal love contracts. Okay, so basically the way that options work is they have um they're called calls and puts and it's there this is let's see if you can you might not be able to see this too well but so here's an example this is called like a, a straddle and so here's august 20th is the date and this is a share it's just like a i just pulled a random one it's like a pharmaceutical company trading for right now it's trading for four dollars and 38 cents this is the straddle of these are all options that you can buy. So instead of buying like the actual share, the strike date, so August 20th. So you have from now until August 20th. 
And let's say you have $5 right here, which would be you know an increase of like 50 cents. These over here are calls and these are puts. And so basically if I, let's say I own this company, I can sell a call um, for $5 at the strike price, which means that um, on August 20th, I am selling my shares for $5, regardless of like what the actual price of the stock is. The way that I benefit from that is I'm getting, so this is 0.75 right here, and um, weird little tiny thing, options and contracts are, there are 100 shares, so each one is 100 shares. Um, so it's like kind of times 100. 75 cents times 100, so it's, you know, $75. So basically I'm selling, someone is paying me $75 now in order to buy my 100 shares of the company on August 20th for $5. Got it. Okay, so I'm benefiting because I'm getting the $75 now and I'm also like making money in theory if this goes from 438 to $5. Okay, so what happened with GameStop is, okay, I'm trying to think. Basically, most retail investors, like when you're buying, you only make money when you're buying this company. Like we said at the very beginning, you are making money based on like the company doing well, right? That's the, like, I'm only going to make money when the company does well. You can use contracts to basically profit off of companies not doing well and like doing poorly. Um, so what happened with, with GameStop is, um, you know, a long time ago, let's say it was if GameStop is trading for $10, hedge funds, and I, I won't really kind of even get into like the, the hedge fund part of it, but it, you know, GameStop was trading at $10. Uh, a hedge fund may come in and they're selling calls. So before where I was buying calls, they're, they're going to come in and sell calls for, let's say, um, $15. And so the idea is if they, if a hedge fund thinks that the price of GameStop is going to go down in the future, they're selling a call for $15, which means that they're, they're still collecting money right now with the idea that this share is going to be $5 in the future. And so then in the future, when the contract that they just sold comes up, so like when that strike price is realized, they can buy a hundred shares for $5 instead of 10, if that makes sense. Yes. So the idea is like they're, they're running on this whole, you know, kind of rolling transaction to where they are planning on the company going down so that they can make money now. So that brings us to what happened, which is where a whole lot of retail traders and day traders all decided at the same time to start pumping up the price of GameStop. So what that does is instead of the company going from $10 to $5, um, if it goes from $10 all the way up to $20, at that strike price, like we talked about before, let's say August 20th comes up, the hedge fund that bought these 15, or that sold these $15 contracts, now instead of buying 100 at $5, and then like to fulfill the $15 contract, they have to buy 100 at 20 to fulfill the $15 contract. 
but it has gone all the way up. So the, so that's sort of like the basic. The last thing that I'll say is it's a really smart thing for the retail traders to do because of what's called a short squeeze. And so the idea is this is a firm, like a firm date of August 20th. So on August 20th, these contracts are going to, they're called like execute. So like if the stock is at $5, no, you know, $5 or above on August 20th, it's executing. It doesn't matter like how many you have or whatever. So if the day traders can get the stock to a high enough point by August 20th to where the re- so that the hedge funds um, are losing so much money, they actually have to go out and buy these stocks to fill it. They're going to sell, they're going to go out and buy stocks at whatever they're trading, which is only going to make it go up. So like if you're here and a hedge fund, let's say like there are two hedge funds that did this at the very beginning. The first hedge fund says, oh shit, you know what I mean? Like it's at $20, we need to go ahead and buy it. We're just going to eat this loss. We're going to eat it. So they go ahead and buy their hundred million shares at $20, which means it is going to go up to 25 because the value of the share increased. And so the second hedge fund is going, wait, holy shit, it's at 25. We just lost a billion dollars. We're going to go ahead and buy it. And then the third hedge fund is screwed because it's at $30. And so as the price keeps getting higher and the big hedge funds are responding to it, they're, they're pumping up the price themselves. Because it wasn't like just GameStop. It was AMC, which and, is yes. not doing well. And right. You know? Okay, so which brings my question. Maybe other people have this question. This may be like a really dumb question. But where does the money come from? Because like it's, you're not actually, it's not like, okay, it's not like um, with GameStop that they have, say it was like Tesla or whatever, and they created some product that was in huge demand. And so it was a real it was a real situation. Isn't this just like almost like paper money? So like who has to come up with the money if if nothing from a business standpoint has changed with GameStop? Right. And it's just people driving up money. Where does the money come from? It, the, the people buying the actual stocks. So I like if no one is buying GameStop, then the price is not going to keep increasing. But the, okay. the thing is, it gets to 300 and then more people are hopping on the train and There's then they're buying GameStop the and then they keep, anytime people buy the shares, the stock goes up. And anytime people are selling it, it it's going to go down. So was this kind of a gotcha to the, the millionaire, billion dollar hedge fund people from the younger generation? I think it has become that now. I'm yeah. not sure. I, I think, honestly, and I, it, so it all started with Wall Street Bets, which is the subreddit, which we talked about before. Um and I, I have followed Wall Street Bets for a long time. I think that it's more, they just kind of thought it was funny to be buying AMC and GameStop and, you know, BlackBerry is the other one or Nokia. Like it's, it's sort of their, the whole idea with Wall Street Bets is semi-intentionally making these like really poor decisions. Um, but so like they, I, I don't think at the beginning the idea was to stick it to Wall Street, but I think it, it has kind of become that. The idea again Remember that all of these hedge funds that own these contracts, hoping that the price will go down, have already collected money on it. So like they've already made the, their money. So like yeah. the, everyone's talking about the you know the Citrion. Like they they made their money on it a year ago, you know, and they made have they might have collected a hundred million dollars in that premium, like for kind of selling the contract. Um, but now, if you pump the price up high enough, they're going to lose ten billion dollars now. Whereas before, it would have just expired and and nothing would have. And, happened. and this has all happened like in a month. I know it's right. crazy. Imagine, 
But again, it's more things people are figuring out in the pandemic. They've got nothing. These kids have nothing but time. These people. I'm not saying they're all kids, but I mean. But most of them are. Yeah. Well, thank you for that lesson. Mm -hmm. That economics Professor lesson. Carl. Carl. Everybody. Now, he is available. He's available to oh, come yeah. to your office or home and give these and, lessons and, and bring his projector. I, yes. I was I was going to say super important note though. This is not a uh, not financial advice. Oh, yes. Lord, we just no. uh, we, need, we, we need, just like the like the stock. We need the disclaimer there. Mm. Oh Lord, no, no. Hey Paula is a pod peep for this episode of the podcast. Donna, you made a grave error I in mean, the last episode. I tell you, I just it just the hits keep coming here. during uh, you can't beat Jack. And oh. and the question was about who who played the original Joker, Joker. right? And my challenger, Jesse Bowen, said Caesar Romero. Which was correct. And that is correct. I know. And I am so I had to go back and listen to the sorry. tape because Paula pointed it out to me. She's like, listen, I think he got the question right. He did. And he did. He, he was so sweet. He didn't even correct me. I said this because the category for the last you don't you can't beat Jack was gone too soon. And so they were people who had left us way too soon. And so the question was, who was the original Joker? And I thought it was Heath Ledger. And in fact, it was not. It was not. Now, so, I don't know if Cesar Romero's gone, but he may have left too soon, too. Don't know about that. But I reached out to Jesse and I said, how did you? I said, so many people have reached out. I said, we're going to we're going to update the score. Now, the score now goes to three, three. Right. Yes. But it's a tie. It's a tie. And all ties go to Caddy. Right. Yes. Because it's not called you can't tie Jack. It's called what, what? You can't beat Jack. Right. So, but I said, how did you know that? Because I, I think this kid's like 24 years old. He said, Batman is my life. Yeah. Batman is my life. I said, why would you not have stopped and said, wait a minute, Donna, I think I'm right. Well, he's so sweet and polite. He said, well, he was all of that. But he said, I really thought that maybe I misunderstood the question or something. Oh, my so, gosh. We got to do better, Donna. Well, I'm trying. I mean, I'm, I'm going to get it together, people. Does not affect my record, though. Nine and one. Should we hire Continue. a research assistant? No, we have one, okay. Professor Carl, Carl. Yes. who sits okay. right there. Uh -huh. uh, Melissa Gibson is a pot peep for this episode. She writes, I'm about 14 minutes into an episode of the podcast, and I've already heard three words I use and never hear anyone else say. Vestibule. Yes. That's a favorite of mine. Love the vestibule. Wash rag or wash rag. Wash rag. Wash rag. And sop it up. Yeah, sop it up. How, how, did we, how did we work sop it up into the podcast? I don't um, well, I'll tell you, because these three came together. And it was when we talked about Roscoe going on his great adventure to Asheville. And he put his okay, paws right. on the vestibule, peed in the room. We needed a wash rag to sop it up. That's right. Uh, she writes, also, what you got against Jody Messina? She is uh, good friends with, uh, I guess, Melissa's sister. And uh, it's not that I have anything against Jody Messina, but I added a song to the Spotify Hype Song playlist. I it, love Jody Messina. Well, and she, uh, Melissa, in her text to the podcast voicemail text line, says, my give a damn is busted is not that bad of a song. And it's not. Of all the Jody Messina songs, that's probably That's a good one. I have questions for the panel yes. for Melissa. When Jody showed up to the soccer game, did she wear that cowboy hat? You know how she wears that cowboy hat where she kind of pulls it low over her eyes? Yeah. And those boots. And she, did know. she come sauntering up like through the woods at like... What's that place where all the kids soccer play soccer? Ball. Soccer bar. Soccer bar. Yeah, she comes to the soccer bar. She'd bring her own chair. Questions. A lot of questions. We'll questions. get back. We'll get some answers and get back to you. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act. We are proud to be part of the App and Podcast Network. <laughs>